Today's episode of Atlanta Zone is brought to you by Waze. Waze. Do you work in Norcross, Georgia? Do you like to podcast with your friend who lives in Edmond Park? Do you like to do this during a weekday and travel at the worst possible times, from anywhere between 5.30 to 6.30? Well, you're in luck because you should use Waze to help you navigate back roads, get away from the traffic, and turn what is normally an hour and 47-minute trip to an hour and 15 ways. Saving Atlantans every day. And pissing off old men who live in neighborhoods that you now cut through. Yes. Because me speeding through a neighborhood to do a podcast listened to by thousands of users is worth endangering the life of every child. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start the show. What's up, Atlanta sports fans? My name is Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta's own. Two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky-ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Grandma, it's going quite well after our uh, feeling refreshed and rejuvenated after our bye week. Yes, we had a bye week last week. Sorry for all you users who missed us. Um, but it was, it was productive. It was rejuvenating. As I believe I already said, yes. And uh, I'm back, and we have no more previews and s- speculation. There's actually baseball going on. Baseball now, is going on. Yes, we are recording the day of uh, opening day, which is I think March 30th, no, March 29th. Excuse me. I would argue a top one of my favorite days of the year. Yeah, no, it's great. Day. It's baseball all day, kind of like March Madness for baseball in a way. Just you know, it doesn't have the the feeling of you know the game's over and the season's over for a team, but it's like baseball's back in a big way. It comes out swinging, no pun intended. Yeah. Veronica would be proud of that. <laughs> yeah, everything's fresh right now. Uh, a lot of hope out there for a lot of teams. Yes, we, we have a little hope. Yeah, I think especially um, after that nice comeback by the Braves, down five nothing, staring defeat in the face. And um, you know, really gutsy effort to just stick in there and not give up when they easily could have thrown in the towel. I mean, yeah. It seemed like a classic example of us screwing the pooch, you know, not getting any offense going against Aaron Nola, who I think last year against us just carved right through. He had a sub two ERA, it was like five and one. Just he was doing the same thing again. Pitch, he makes some poor decisions, and I think the sixth or seventh inning where you know two or three guys get hit, there's some walks, three runs score. So then it's five nothing. Then we just Come on back with some bombs from Freddie and Ozzy, and then uh, sticking on there. Preston Tucker was a hero. Yep, he had a big hit. Um, I think that tied, tied the game. Tied it up. At five, and then Nick Markakis with a three-run bomb. Oh, cakey. Walk-off. Yeah. And it was a shot, too. There was, that was like a no-doubter. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, so for, for the team going into it, we're, we're not expecting much power out of this lineup. Uh, but to get three home runs on opening day is huge. Yeah, especially from two guys who weren't expected to hit a lot of home runs. Yep. Um, Marcakis and Albies. So, and we only, I think, Tehran gave up only one home run, which is pretty damn good for him at SunTrust Park. Yeah, usually you know you get the multiple home run uh, bid from him when he's he's pitching at home. Maybe that the yoga on the mound helped him out a little bit. Yeah, no, that's definitely good treatment. Yeah, um, we got a packed show for you guys uh, today. We got a Braves 2018 preview, which will not be as in depth as our. 2017 preview in which Adam uh, imbibed five different fluids in his preparation. It was water, coffee, liquor, beer, and um, probably his own urine. <laughs> That's how it felt. I think, well, there's a lot of back and forth as well yes. to try to keep the mind limber. Indeed. It didn't work. No, it did not. <laughs> um, so we're doing that. We're also going to be getting caught up on Falcons news. More Falcons news than I thought would be happening at this stage. Um some some things good, some things bad. We got some new signings to talk about, and uh, also going to talk about once again Matt Ryan's contract situation. Maybe like a minute of Hawks Probably, coverage. Yeah, maybe a minute of Hawks coverage as the season winds down. Uh, but let's get started with the Braves. So um, heading into the season, I think expectations once again are low. I, th- I think, but modest. But modest. I think people are probably a little more confident than we were last year. Uh, and there's still some questions for this ball club to answer. The uh, rotation was announced, I think, the week that we took our hiatus. Um, 
or, or week off. So our rotation consists of Julio Tehran, Mike Fultonavich, Sean Newcomb, and uh, McCarthy. McCarthy, yep. And then Anibal Sanchez will take that fifth spot. Is that confirmed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So once, I think April 10th or so, and we need a fifth start for the first time, mm-hmm. Anibal Sanchez, who was dropped by the Tigers, maybe? I believe so. Um, it was enough for us to get rid of Scott Kazmir this so past week. So we're eating that money. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're eating his money and Adrian Gonzalez's money as well. Um, Matt Kemp, by the way, made the Dodgers. He's their starting left fielder now. Wow. Apparently hit five bombs in the spring. Wasn't, he, wasn't, he, wasn't fat. Yeah, he was kind of like that last year, and then just you saw what happened as the season yeah, went along. He'll, he started off hot as hell last season. He's hitting 330 or something. He'll, and, he'll fatten up again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, yeah, it's a rotation. So, I mean, like, you know, we've talked about the struggles of Julio at SunTrust Park, but I think, um, you know, he's expected to be, you know, the de facto leader of this rotation this year. Um, and I expect him to turn in, as usually for Julio, when he has a bad season or an off season or a season where he's you know, not up to his standards, um, usually comes back with a pretty decent year after that. So I'm kind of expecting the same thing from Julio. And I wouldn't be surprised me if we try to dangle him out there if he can maybe pitch above his uh, pitch above what he what he did last season. Perhaps I don't yeah, know. With how close some of these young arms are, it would it would make sense to. I would not be surprised if this is Julio's not only his last year being our opening day starter, mm-hmm. but also his last year on the squad at all. Yeah, because you got you got to think about it. you got Luis Gohara, who you know if he can stay healthy, projects to be. Top of the line. Which I'm worried about starter. him staying healthy, though. Of course, but you also got Mike Soroka, who who, who turned a lot of heads in spring training. I think he'll be up this year. Yeah, and a lot of people think he's going to be up around July uh, or maybe sooner. Um, so you got him. You got Colby Aller knocking on the door. Uh, I think. I think. Yeah, Julio's days could be numbered here. Yeah, even Ian Anderson's getting closer. Kyle, Kyle Wright, Wright, even though he's only nine months into his professional career, yeah. looked looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, did you watch that Futures game at all? I, I did not. Well, it, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't televised for some dumb reason. Yes. Uh, I, I, I kind of I wanted to watch it because um, yeah. I was going to record the Roseanne revival because I love Roseanne. Mm. It was kind of disappointing, unfortunately, and just and then watch the, the Braves game. But yeah. then I was like, oh, shit, it's not even on. Yeah. Um, but that's cool seeing Christian Pache, who's 19-year-old. I'd never heard of this kid. Hasn't really? had a hasn't a professional homer. Hits two bombs off of Sean Newcomb. Yeah, um, but like they're really high on him. Like they they think yeah. he's better defensively already than Acuna. This this coming from Bobby Cox too. Right, and I heard Chipper say that today as well, so, and that he is he is the best defensive outfielder in the organization according to Chipper. So it's which like, is well, shit. with Ender and Acuna. That's that's saying a lot. So yes, we when the farm system is still. Quite stocked, and it's and it's really good to keep discovering these position players so that you don't, you know, Acuna wasn't hyped up until the last couple seasons. Yeah, Christian Panch, Panche, however you pronounce his name, I believe definitely not Panche. There's no, no end in there. No, I believe Pache. Oh, Pache, sorry, you know, and you hear about him to the damn futures game. It's like, oh, well, hell, this kid's on everybody's radar too. Yep. And um, Alex Jackson, Austin Riley, you know, Dustin Peterson. Dustin Peterson and obviously Acuna, you know, it's nice to see that we're starting to get a position positional player players as well to yeah. go with the pitchers. Yes, so. yes. Um, I feel a sigh of relief just that, like, we're starting to get maybe a little closer to light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. And I, we have a better leader now, I think, leading this all in Anthopolis. Yeah. He hasn't done anything. But no, I, but I think it's important that he hasn't done anything either. Right. He's, he's seen what he's got. Mm-hmm. And um, but yeah, I expect Julio to do better, cut down the home runs, lower his ERA and his his WHIP. Um, I think have a solid season, and hopefully we flip him at the deadline for some decent pieces. Or we're contending and we hold on to him. Or yeah, if that if that happens. Um, but yeah, I hope he can get his ERA to like three five, three six, three seven maybe, and you know, be a solid middle of the rotation pitcher, which I think he is at this point in his career. Um, moving on to Newcomb, we know uh, with him, walks have always been an issue. He only threw 100 innings last year, but had 57 walks. That's, uh, that's piss poor. And he did not pitch out of the sixth inning last season. So I like to see him obviously cut down the walks, 
and be able to build up his stamina and go deeper into ball games. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that's shown a lot of growth, I believe, though. Um, I know you're not super high on him, mainly because of the Andrelton Simmons. That, I'll bite my tongue, bite my tongue, thank bite you, my tongue. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. Um, no, I mean, he had a solid spring, though. Newcomb, it was pretty clear that he was going to win that job. When yeah. Coming into camp, it was was open. So that's good to see him uh, seize that. But let's. But I got to see him pitch, man. I got to see him pitch this year before I. Obviously, yeah. Like you said, the walks cut down on that. But let's just give the kid a chance. Yeah. No, definitely. And um, he closed out the year pretty strong. He was throwing the sixth inning. Wasn't walking a lot of guys as much as he was earlier in the year. Um, rebounded from a really rough July August period and uh, closed out strong. So I'm I'm hoping he can carry that momentum this season and. Um, give us something to watch and something to be happy about because, you know, we did give up a lot for him and it's nothing against him that we lost Simmons, but, you know, he's he's expected to be a, you know, top three starter and now's the time to prove it. Yeah, I think technically he's our number four coming into the... Yes, he is our fourth yeah. starter. I'm sort of bouncing around. Got it. I have no order. Okay, that's, um, that's fair. That's yeah. Just, that's just how your mind works. Right. So, even though we saw a little bit of good things... Moving on to Charlie Culberson. Yeah, Charlie Culberson. <laughs> uh... You know, even though we saw a couple of good things from Newcomb last year, we saw more flashes, even though he had a rough season overall, if you look at his final stat line with, with Fulte, Fultonavich. Uh, I'm Fulte now. Yeah, I'm Fulte now. <laughs> Sorry. Just to give you all some context, I uh, only got about three and a half hours of sleep last night because I thought I was having a panic attack. So I was up from like three to six, and it was awful, and uh, I don't think it actually happened, but I'm I'm all over the place today, so bear with me. Um. I'm fine, I think. <laughs> uh, but with Fulte, right? Yeah, back to Fulte. 487 ERA, but we saw some good things, man. We saw him have like a perfect game going to the ninth inning against the A's. He had a really good start of the season, then kind of it all fell apart. So I think and that was really his first fully healthy season as a professional in the major leagues, at least. Um, so it'll be interesting to see he's healthy. The organization's behind him. They proclaimed him the number two starter. Now's you know now it's time to prove it, man. Yep, the the stuff's obviously there, and he's constant head struggle with him. Yeah, um, he's which, a head chase guy. But I relate he, to him very much. Yeah, but he's aware of that. So mm-hmm. they say admitting is the first step. Yes. Um, and he looks sharp in spring. And but he's rearing it back a little bit. He's realizing he can be more successful at ninety two, ninety three even though he's still capable of throwing 98. Mm-hmm. But um, he's got to throw strikes as well. Yeah. So and, and he's realizing that he can have a lot more success and be more debur- and be more durable in that 93-mile-per-hour range. Yes, definitely. And also improving the accuracy of his pitches, uh, particularly his fastball getting in front of hitters like we talked about a few weeks ago will be really important for him. Because if he's able to consistently hit the strike zone, obviously, and, and place his pitch as well, you're not going to get into situations where you're falling behind guys and you start playing the middle head games and then you, the avalanche effect starts happening where it all starts just – he starts to lose it. So, uh, once again, I think, you know, if Newcomb and, and Fulte make their strides this season, we could have a decent little rotation here, especially if Gohara and, uh, you know, Gohara and Soroka get up here too in the same year. Yep. I mean, we could be looking at the future of this rotation finally start to take shape. It's exciting, room. Yeah. Um, so I think Fulte cuts down on his ERA and has a more consistent season this year. I'm very hopeful for him. I think this is when he starts to put it together. I'm not sure what his ceiling is, but he's going to have a better season than he did last year. I will say that. That's my prediction. And I'm thinking a better lineup behind him as well, so he isn't constantly pitching in one-run games and maybe have a little bit more to work with and have to be able to ease up on the throttle a little bit. Right, right. And I think a better bullpen as well will lead to not feeling like, you know, I've got to do this Have all myself. To be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Brandon McCarthy we know is a solid pitcher. He had a decent year for the Dodgers uh, last season. But once again, health issues played into, you know, played a part in his demise last season. I can't see why it won't happen again, honestly. I, I don't have a lot of faith in – not his ability because he's a solid pitcher, but just his ability to stay healthy. I just don't see it happening. He's another year older. I, I think he's he's done in like a couple months. Jesus. I, I just I just have a bad feeling. I have nothing to go off of except just the track record. Right. Um, 
hopefully can eat up some innings for a couple months anyways. Yeah, I think he's a placeholder piece until Gohara is ready. It's a lot better placeholder piece than R.A. Dickey and Bartolo Colon, though. Yes, I would agree, particularly Bartolo. Um, but yeah, I don't really have much else to go off of him. I've, I haven't really watched him pitch that much. I don't know a lot about him, so I'm not going to sit here in front. Um, but I expect him, like you're saying, eat up a couple months. Happy trails. He's had some good, uh, I want to say happy trails. Well, but it's right. We'll see. Yeah. Um, he's, he, he's good with the quotes, apparently. Oh, yeah. Also. Real dry sense of humor. Okay. Uh, D.O.B. is loving every single interview with him. Fair. Like when he got shelled against the Yankees on Monday. Yeah. He, he, they're like, what are you, you going to take out of this? He's like, well, I mean, the only good thing is, like, this day's over. It was a meaningless game with a small crowd. And uh, like zero intensity, so I like it. It's keeping it real. Yeah, yeah. Move on to the next day. Like Nothing it. was working. Happens. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. fine. Okay, I like him now. <laughs> <laughs> I think it could be a frontline star. Hey, no, he's all right. He's all right. God damn it. Uh, yeah. No. Um, now we move on to Anibal Sanchez, who has been. It was a really, really good pitcher for the Tigers a few years ago, and and back to his time when he was on the Marlins, Miami. But he's uh, he's really. Fallen off the last few years. His year has skyrocketed. Velocity has fallen off. Um, not expecting a whole lot from him, honestly, uh, heading into the season. Although he did have a decent spring, it seemed yeah. like, even though he got roughed up in his last start, I believe. The type of guy is worth taking a flyer on. Yeah, why not? These, these guys have worked for us in the past. Maybe uh, we'll strike we'll strike it rich again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not against it. I'm not against it um, as long as we're able to get these young arms up here to eventually take over. You know. Or you know if he's going to be up here for a month or two or whatever, or maybe he proves that he can actually still pitch. Who knows? A renaissance could happen. Yep. Um, I'm not against it. So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll move on to the starting lineup. We know we got Ender and Ciarte. You know what you're getting from him. You're getting a 300 hitter. You're getting a guy who's worth three to five wins. Um, an amazing defender. Uh, it's one back-to-back Gold Gloves in center field. Um, Prototypical leadoff hitter is going to swipe bags. Great all-around guy. I have nothing but positive things to say about Ender, and I don't think we really need to talk too much about him because he's. We know what we're getting with him. He's yep. awesome. I hope he's here. I hope he's a lifer. I really do. And he can be our center fielder for the next ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, Ozzy Albies. I think this is. He's going to. He's slotted as the two hitter right now. I think. I really like. I'm really liking what I saw from him in spring training. I really loved what I saw from him. Uh, last year when he came up, and I think this could be a really a breakout year for him where he could become like, an Al- not Altuve, but he could be our version of Altuve, and he could grow into a really, really good player. I love his defense. He doesn't make a lot of errors. He's a sol- hit, makes solid contact and can hit a bomb every once in a yeah, while, he's, too. He's got some pop. He hit, what, yeah. like seven homers in his, like, 50 games last year? Yeah, like that. I mean. Hit one today. Yep. Can do it from both sides of the plate. Right. Good switch hitter. Um yeah. I think I really I'm everyone's bad. always squawking about his energy too, like yeah. in the clubhouse. He's mm-hmm. just like one of those guys you want to be around. And right. And he's only what, twenty twenty one, something like that? Yeah, stupid young. Yeah. And looks like he has all the talent in the world. So I'm I'm expecting I'm hoping he can get his average up in the two eighties, have a good on base percentage, swipe some bags, um, and play great defense. Hey, just look where we are now versus last year. Like last year we were Having this conversation about Brandon Phillips and what he could, and Brandon right. was fine. He, he did well, but yeah. it's like, but he was. You knew no there, point to him being there. Exactly, you knew there was no future, and you knew what you got from him was just kind of like, um, it was sort of just like eating a bag of chips. It tastes good, but what's it going to do for you? Make you fat. Exactly, like make you just be like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, make you fat, make you low energy. Low energy. You kind of become content with it, even though you know it's not the yeah. real answer. Sort of like that. Then you become like addicted to it, and yeah. it just kind of spirals out of control from there. Right. You become addicted to mediocrity. Yeah. Um, but then you bite into like a nice crisp apple. It's like, oh, you're like, wow. oh man, this could actually do something. This is what for I'm me. supposed to be eating. Right. I feel better. Yeah. I don't feel bloated. Yeah. I might have. I might live longer. Right. That's great. Yeah. Uh, Gives you a new outlook on life. Exactly. So Ozzy Albies is our apple this year. For me. I think this is. <laughs> It's just an exciting time when you got guys like Ender, who you know is already great, Ozzy, who you think will be, you know, who projects 
could it's, be really good. It's a hell of a one-two-three punch. Yeah, and then those you got, two, and then Freddie. Yeah, we don't even have to talk about Freddie. MVP caliber player is going to get you six wins. Hopefully, no freak. Hopefully, no broken rest this year. Hopefully, yeah. no injury. Going to hit. Gonna, if he has a full healthy season and Suntrust Park, he hits forty home runs. Especially if Acuna is oh, there yeah. to protect him. Oh my god! And now we got to get to the mass, the maestro, the potential maestro who who is Ronald Acuna. My God, uh, man tore up the Grapefruit League. You can take that with a grain of salt all you want. Hit 432, 500 plus slug uh, on, I mean, slugging percentage. Crazy on base percentage. Um, the home runs he hit in spring training were awe-inspiring. The last home run he hit against the Phillies before he was demoted the next day for financial reasons uh, was, I didn't even see where it landed. Even the single he hit in the Futures game. It was clocked was- at 115 miles an hour. No Braves player hit a ball that hard last year. Right. I mean, the potential for him to be amazing. I'm, I'm more excited about him than I am about Ozzy, just because of the hype. But um, we haven't had a player in this organization like this since probably Hayward, who was projected to be, you know, amazing. Acuna, I mean, Acuna but Acuna showed me to be so much better than obviously better than Hayward is now but yeah. like, he's just a bigger prospect even than Hayward yeah was. Hayward was always like a really good prospect but he wasn't the best prospect in baseball and it's inspiring the way Acuna's come up to be just this guy who was drafted late and now he's turned himself into the premier prospect in baseball it's gonna it was the only reason he's not here is because of financial reasons you can't tell me that you'd rather that, have and, but also I don't disagree with it for the development side as just because there is this crazy pressure on him already let him get a couple weeks of at-bats in AAA and just so he knows he's got a swing coming into Atlanta yeah. versus the pressure of playing on opening day. Well, it was interesting, too, because... We obviously didn't lose this game without him today. His replacement, Preston Tucker, got the tie in hit. Yeah, so but like, he can't... It hasn't cost us. No, and it's not going to cost us because you're not expecting to be a true contender this year. Um, and even if you were missing him for a couple weeks isn't the end of the world. Because um, baseball is obviously a very long season. Anthopoulos said that he talked to Nancy Swanson and was kind of like, you know, I asked him, do you think you were kind of rushed along? And and he's like, I won't, you know, he's like, I won't say that, but, you know, more development never hurts. So, and I think the way, you know, Acuna's mental makeup from what everyone says is great. So I don't think he took this as anything, but like, yeah, I understand the financial reasons. I'm going to go to Gwinnett, kick ass. I'll be here in a few weeks. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah. So, a non-story. Yeah. So, what were your expectations for him this year? Do you expect him to be like hitting twenty-five homers and playing Gold Glove? You expect him to be everything we're hearing, or are you expect him to go through some lulls and I mean, he'll he'll peaks have and valleys. He'll or, have it. Yeah, it'll be peaks and valleys. Or is he going to be like Bryce Harper and just destroy, or Mike Trout and just destroy everything? Mm, I mean, I expect him to be obviously up there, Rookie of the Year candidate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he's just going to. The entire season dominated with the best player in baseball. Like, no, I don't expect that either. But there's going to be a scouting report on him now. It's not just spring training where you got some guy with like an 82 on his back, right, pitching the ball, just trying right to like middle. work his work stuff, stuff out. Yeah. So it's. I hope people don't expect Mike Trout from the get go. Yeah, and I think in a year or two, I think yes, he's a could be a top three player in baseball, which sure. is amazing. Mm-hmm. We, I mean, we haven't had a guy like. I mean, Chipper was never a top three player in baseball. He was drafted number one overall. But, like, he was never a top three player, like, in the league. No. And I'm not saying, like, yeah, the I top mean, superstar out there. Right. And Acuna certainly could be. Could be. And which is awesome. Which is, we've been starred for some of Atlanta's like this. never had that. No, we, we really haven't. Um, in any sport. Well, maybe except for, like, pitching. But... In terms of positional player, yeah. I would I would agree with you. Yeah. I expect him to at least hit twenty home runs, hit around two seventy, get a three fifty on base, and play good defense, um, and have a good slugging percentage. And and I think if we uh, get that, then you know, the sky's the limit for this guy. What are the odds that we found out that Frank Wren did some shady shit back when he was signing him, and we never even get Acuna? <laughs> that would be, you know, we talked about this uh, off air. A while back, we like with Kevin Mighton, you know, we lost him because of copy. It was just like, well, he, you know, he was projected to be like the next Miguel Cabrera, but he's also 16 years old, so who the fuck knows what he's what's going to happen to him. Yeah. But it's like, you know, if you lose a guy like that, if we could have, we could have lost Acuna because of that. Not that we could have, because obviously it was down the Frank Ren era. 
But holy shit, that would suck so much because yeah. he is ready to kick ass. So I'm just glad that didn't happen. Yeah, that would have been a, a real uh, ball buster. Yeah. That would have been hard to get excited about Nick Marcakis out in right field and knowing that we blew the chance to have the yeah. best prospect in baseball potentially become one of the better players in baseball. We'd have to trade Freddie at that point. I think we just shut it all down again. <laughs> Tear it all down. Trade everybody. <laughs> yeah. Re- rebuild D- it again. Disavow the franchise. Trade these prospects for younger prospects. Yeah. Um, yeah, Nick Marcakis, you know what you're going to get from him. That was I'm, awesome seeing him, him hit a walk-off. It was second. great. It was great. Good for him. He hasn't had a lot to smile about. I think that's the only time I've ever seen him smile in that post-game interview after yeah. he hit that home run tonight. But um, you know what you're going to get? He's going to hit 270, have a good on base. He's going to be a patient hitter. He's going to hit singles for the most part. He's, gonna, he's not going to kill you defensively. He's not the gold glove player he was three, four years ago. Um, hopefully we flip him. It's a, it's a steady veteran. Steady veteran, but we got to flip him. I really hope we flip him with the trade deadline. I hope he can play a little better than they were expecting and we can get a half-decent prospect for Yeah, him. I mean, if, I think if Preston Tucker shows something – um, then maybe we could go with Acuna and right, yeah. Tucker and left. Yeah, maybe we talk about him for a minute too, because, um, like you said, he was he was in the Astros organization for a while. But the Astros were so stacked they couldn't find a place. Yeah, for I mean, him. He, he was like one of their first round picks a few years ago. Yeah, and he's he's struggled at the big league level. Um, he's planned to be used in uh, used in platoon with Peter Borges, who we just signed last week. Um, doesn't have great splits against uh, lefties or righties. Obviously, hits righties better as a left-handed uh, hitter. But it would be interesting to see what he does this year because he was pretty hyped up, and he's still pretty young. He's only 24 or something like that. So I think the jury's still out on what kind of player he can be. I don't really know much about him defensively. Apparently, he's not great defensively. Yeah, um, but offensively, I mean, I don't know. It, it's, it's an interesting prospect to look at a guy who's been – uh, you know, who was hyped up, who didn't really get his chance in the, his other organization to come here and try and prove himself. I mean, I'm, I, I don't really know what to, to think about him because I haven't really done a lot of in-depth scouting, but... Yeah. That's not, he's, he's another guy who went out there and won himself a job, which is great hitting in spring. He shows some pop. Yeah. Um, I think he only had one homer in spring, but hit... Hit like 330 or something, Yeah, right? hit yeah. a bunch of balls deep, too. Yeah. Um, so he's... Once again, I'm more excited about a guy like him that has some potential versus some crap veteran. Yep, I agree. I agree. All the young guys, let's do it. Um, I guess that puts us, you know, third base now. We're hopping all over the diamond like crazy people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johan Camargo was slated to be the third baseman, but he uh, had an oblique injury. He's expected to be back pretty soon, though. In the meantime, uh, Ryan Flaherty's playing there. I'm not going to get into him right now but um some guy we just signed yeah i really hope uh carmargo can continue his streak from last year he's a versatile player he can play all over the infield and uh really like the way he kind of like reminded me of a young martin prada last season and i'd like to see his development and um i hope he retains the job uh and makes it hard for the organization to choose between him and austin riley because i i really like his the cut of his jib i like the way he plays the game yeah i think he's gonna run away with it yeah, this year I would expect him to. Yeah, um, Rio Ruiz really didn't do much in, in his no, he, training. He's starting, like he, it was his job to win. It really was because everybody was talking about Rio Ruiz. No one knew who the fuck Johan Camargo was until he came up to the majors last year. But even this year, like with Camargo being down, Ruiz had the job locked up. Yeah, to take a third base job, and then like went like over ten with seven Ks in his last ten at bats. Yeah, it's like yeah. well. Let's put this steady veteran in that we know is going to at least play good defense. Yeah. Because Ruiz doesn't even play that great of defense. Camargo's still pretty young. I mean, you know, I uh, I really like that infield, too. I mean, the the biggest detriment is uh, the guy we'll, you know, we'll touch on next in Swanson defensively. But, um, you know, I, I hope Camargo can do what he did last year, put up similar numbers, hit in the high 200s, have okay on base, and play great D. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think, you know, offensively, when you looked at this lineup, it looked kind of rough today because you had, like, the top three under Ozzy, Freddie, and then it's just kind of where it's like, Marquecas is your four, Flowers is your five, Peterson, Swanson, and it was just like, it didn't fill you with a lot of... Who the hell's Peterson? Uh, Pre- Preston Tucker. Sorry. Tucker. Sorry. Preston Chase, Tucker. Chase Peterson? No, I'm, get, I'm getting all my damn players mixed up. 
Um, you know, it doesn't look that good, but then when you start thinking about, okay, we'll get Camargo back, get Acuna up here, it starts to take shape into yeah, something that can no, be pretty solid. Yeah. And I, I love Flowers-Suzuki combo back yeah, there. Yeah, they proved me wrong last year. With, you know, they both hit pretty well, and uh, I think we had the second most home runs by catchers last season. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, what can you not like there? Yeah, neither one of their defense is that great, but, um, you know, the, the, they didn't kill us last year. No, they did the opposite of kill us. Yeah. No, they were one of the bright spots of, of that team, and they're holding down the fort until Alex Jackson can come up. You can think I could I could certainly think of worse guys that could come in here and really fuck that position up, and I don't think these guys are going to do that. I think they'll continue to be solid veterans. Yep. Um, Dansby's the guy we're worried about. Though. Dansby, I'm very 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 concerned about. Didn't have a great spring. We know he had a ton of errors last year. Got sent down to the minors. Came back. Started hitting a little better. Um, he still hasn't shown me much really since that. Uh, that twenty, what was that twenty sixteen year when he came up and sort of took the Braves world by fire? Yeah, uh, hasn't shown me well, anything. Did, did all right at the end of last. Did year all right, but back it wasn't play. especially with the expectations around him. Didn't do much, and uh, you know I think the marking is going to be off his back this season. He's not going to be plastered yeah, all no over one, town. No one, no one cares about him now. Uh, yeah, so I think now with all that the spotlight off of him, it'll be interesting to see how he reacts. In the sense, like, has he improved his defense? That's one of the biggest things I'm concerned about. As a shortstop, you are you are the most important piece in the infield. I think Walt Weiss coming in. I've heard that they've been working. Yeah, a ton. Mm-hmm. So it's it's been one of his focuses. Okay. So I, I don't I don't. I think he's going to make an improvement there. I hope he just doesn't make 20 errors again. That's unacceptable at that position. I mean, he I haven't looked up the exact numbers of how many runs he cost us last year, but I'm sure it was I'm sure he was in the negative. I don't think he saved any runs last season. Um, and then from a hitter's perspective, you know, he was really aggressive and, and uh, didn't really didn't really have a lot of patience. Had a low on base percentage. I think it was sub 300, which is pretty much like having a sub 200 batting average. And uh, just gotta lay off that curveball, man. Yeah, he he definitely was out in front a lot, really sitting on the fastball at all times. It felt like last season. Well, that's the scouting report on him now. So like, he's got to adjust, or yes. they're just gonna keep eating him alive. Right. So I think. Do you think this year um, will sort of say yes? We're gonna continue to believe in Swanson, or no? Maybe we'll we'll really we'll try to make a big splash in free agency and go after a Manny Machado or bring in someone else, or maybe move Ozzy to shortstop, you know. I mean, I, I think if Dansby shows us absolutely nothing this year, it would be an easy move to move Camargo over and mm-hmm. give Austin Riley a shot. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about good. Cause Camargo played good shortstop when yeah. Dansby went down last season. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be more likely than move, moving Ozzy to short. That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Camargo's I think, just got like that it factor too, you know. Yeah, he's, an, he's got this he's swagger. Infectious. He's got the swagger about him. He's that, got a very infectious style of play that makes he's kind of like an Ozzy Smith type. Not in my saying he's as good as Ozzy Smith, but just like when you watch him, like you love watching that guy play. Yeah, he's the ultimate hustle little energizer rabbit bunny guy. Yeah, something about Dansby to me just like screams this kid's got some mental issues. Going I, you know, on. I was thinking about it too when we watched one of his at bats tonight. Uh, he just has kind of this vacant hollow wooden look in his eye like he's just sort of there's scared playing scared it feels like he's yeah there's something he's holding back he's not confident I mean who knows he probably maybe he is and you know all we can go off is just looking at him and that obviously doesn't play into you know what he can do on the field but it just doesn't there's nothing about his game there's no fire there anymore like when he came up he was confident obviously he was succeeding but it's like he has not shown that he can really pull through adversity yet and you know, life has life has hit him with a couple of hooks, and he's down right now. And it'll be interesting to see if he can get back up off the canvas. Granted, our opinion on this is swayed from watching that first game, specifically that at bat we watched together. Yes. <laughs> right, only on one thing. Yeah, but I mean, you saw that last year too. You saw it, and I mean, what can you say? He's also a really young kid. Uh, he's not that young anymore. He's like twenty four, right? Twenty four. Yeah, I mean, you. When you have all that pressure on you, it's your first real big league season. You're, you're, everyone's saying you're going to be the face of the franchise moving forward. And then you don't start doing well. Of course, you're going to start putting a lot of pressure on yourself. And I hope to God that he really learned a lesson there and was able to take that slice of humble pie and and 
and build from that, and not let it just not let it destroy him. Um, but I do think this is a make or break year for him in terms of deciding the future of this position for him, for our team. Right? Is he going to be a factor, or is it going to be one of those things where it's like we're counting down the days till he gets shipped also, out of here? You also got to remember that like that was copy, but copy's boy. So Anthopolis. Yeah, Anthopolis has it, no. He has no connection to it. It doesn't. It doesn't. He doesn't make, care. He was a number one pick. Right. It doesn't make him feel like he's pot committed. He can cut bait if he needs to. Yeah. So I, I agree with you there. All the attention is on Acuna now. A lot of people are talking about Ozzy or, uh, you know, Fulte. And now it's just kind of like, you know, whenever Dansby is talked about, it, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's that guy. Like, he's, he's not in the locus of attention anymore. It's just kind of yeah. funny how it's such a bizarre juxtaposition from last season. Um, but for good reason, too. Uh, in terms of bench guys, Charlie Culberson is a solid bench guy, yeah. you know. Uh, Ryan Flaherty, we just acquired. I don't know much about Culberson. I will talk about Flaherty because uh, he was on the Orioles. Another shout out to Alexa because I saw Ryan Flaherty play on dozens and dozens of games. Uh, we watched a lot of Orioles games. Nick Marquez is his uh, brother in law. Yeah, probably. No, he is. Oh, he is for real. Brother in law. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's that's funny. I thought <laughs> so you just so I could just joke. say anything and you'd be like, oh, sure. <laughs> you're, you're, you're kidding. No, I'm serious. Oh, you're serious. Okay, yeah, you're actually yeah. serious. Okay. No. Um, yeah, they met when they were with the Orioles. <laughs> but yeah, Ryan Flaherty's not a great hitter, but he's versatile and can play first base, can play third base, he can play right field, he can play left field. He's not a great defender, but he's he's a solid bench guy. He's not going to kill you. So uh, Peter Borges is the same way. He used to be, we just acquired him as well. He can play outfield, he can play center, he can play all over the outfield. Um, not a good hitter, but... I'm a little surprised Danny Santana didn't make the opinion. I was, especially because Sn- Snicker has a love affair with him. Well, I know it's because he's got minor league options as well. Yeah. But I, mean, I, I think they he's feel... a guy that's got some pop off the bench, at least. Ah, he was horrible last year. But I think that um, they think that Borges and Flaherty are probably better defensive upgrades. And then I don't know who your real go-to guy off the bench is at this point, honestly, because you, you know... Wayne Adams is still there, but he was terrible. Wayne Adams is there. Uh, I was surprised he made the team, honestly, especially he, after this rough Because he doesn't have minor league options. Yeah, but, I mean, if you lose him, because he should. Well, there's, like, nobody that, like, it was send down Santana and that other dude we got from the Blue Jays. Oh, Herrera. Carrera. Yeah, Zico Carrera. Carrera. Yeah. yeah, so it's like, eh. Yeah, I mean... There weren't that many better the, options. The bench is kind of a wasteland a little bit. I think Culberson is solid, and um, better than that, and obviously you got one of your catchers, um, either Suzuki or Flowers, are on the bench and can be utilized, as well as um, Chris Stewart's the third catcher, and he's on the team as well. He's, I think he's actually a defensive... He's better defensively than um, than Suzuki and, and Flowers in terms of throwing out... Uh, but as soon as, as soon as we had at our fifth starter, he's going to be gone. Probably, probably. Um, that would make sense. But yeah, there's not a lot. There's really not a lot to talk about on the bench. It's just a bunch of guys, and Culberson's the only one that's okay, and the rest are just like, yeah. Yep. Your boy Shimp. Shimp went over spring training. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. He didn't, I don't think he got a single hit. Right? No. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, that was supposed to be our power bat off the bench. Yeah. I think the bullpen's going to be a lot better. Uh, you know, Vizcaino looked great tonight. Had a really good season last year, 283 ERA. You know, got his saves when he needed to. AJ Minter, though, is the guy that I'm really looking forward to watching him pitch. I think he's the heir apparent as a closer, uh, unless we sign Kimbrell next year in free agency. Yeah, for those, those who don't know about Minter, uh, he's been described as a left handed Kimbrell. Yeah, I mean, the guy's got sick movement on both his fastball and breaking pitch, and he really impressed last season, and I can't wait to watch him this year. I think the, I think he's another guy that can be a 50-save guy if he uh, continues on the path he's on right now. So, like Kimbrell in 2011, he might have a couple of ups and downs early in the season, but I think he's going to settle in, and I like I really like uh, his pedigree. He, he looks awesome. Yep. Um, got Peter Moylan back, obviously. Um, I like it. Yeah, we'll be sure to monitor how well he does this year, considering how bad he was in the first part of last season. But um, it's great for nostalgia, and he's a good veteran guy who can really teach a very young bullpen how to conduct themselves. Yep. There's not a lot of depth in this bullpen, though. If anyone gets hurt, 
Yeah. I mean, you got Freeman, Sam Freeman, who's solid. You got um, Winkler. Jose Ramirez. Winkler is okay. I really like Jose Ramirez. I know he ran into some trouble last year with walks, but I like his velocity. And um, I think he's definitely a good bullpen arm um, because he's got definitely high strikeout ability. So, I mean, I think it's a definitely a better bullpen than last year. You don't have the corpse of the corpses of Jim Johnson and Eric O'Flaherty. You don't, the only real big-time veteran guy you have in this bullpen is Moylan. You don't have a lot of uh, walking dead out there. So Rex Brothers. Rex Brothers is another guy I'm not high on, who I I'm think, sure... I think he's I'm, a righty specialist. Yeah, he, was, he wasn't very good last year, and I'm sure... Uh, garbage. Yeah, I'm sure Snicker will rely on him time and time again in crucial situations to blow... Um, a multitude of games this oh, season. Speaking of Snit, yeah. that was the best part of today's game and probably propelled us to a win was Snit getting tossed. Yeah, because Dansby went around on a third strike and then the next inning a, uh, a Phillies guy probably went around the same amount that Dansby did and they said he did not go around. And so Snit lost it at the third base umpire and made, the third base umpire tossed him. Made, and then he made like the jog slash walk out to yeah. third base and just Clearly cursing the entire time and yep. looked very Bobby esque. Oh yeah. It was it was like Bobby White. Like he didn't go all in like Bobby does, but it was enough to like get the fans riled up. Yeah. And then we went the fucking game in the next inning. Yep, so exactly. I really liked it. Uh you know, it's something that you don't see a lot from Snit, which is like, you know, in your face kind of attitude. So mm-hmm. um Freddie wouldn't have done that. No, Freddie would have just stood there and looked <laughs> aloof and one and Freddie always had this look on his face to me, Freddie Gonzalez. And this look on his face that just looked like, I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing. Who am I? What, what day is it? Yeah. What day is it, Dave? Monday? Tuesday? You know, he's a guy. He's a guy that goes out there and uh, can pitch. And uh, he's got a, um, you know, what did he do in the sixth inning again, Dave? <laughs> oh, he struck out? Yeah, I, I guess. Um, you know, it's just like, it's like yeah. he's just a clueless fool. He had no yeah. idea what the hell was going on. But, yeah, overall, what, what are your expectations for the season? No, we've kind of done our Cliff Notes version of everybody. Um, well, you know, I'm the optimist of the group. Yes. Now I, we, I, I think we could be pushing 80 wins this year. I think... Uh, with the roster as is. I think if near the trade deadline, if we're sniffing contention, mm-hmm. Anthopolis is going to go for it. Like, I don't, I, don't think he, I don't think he views this as a rebuild anymore. No, this is the time when you need to start turning a corner. I don't expect. Excuse me. I don't expect us to be. I don't think eighty wins is going to happen, but I think we can get close. I think we're going to be in the 75, 77 range. Um, I think we can play competitive baseball and show people that there is a lot of potential, and that next year is the year we will get back to, you know, being contenders in the division again. And uh, I think we'll have a better bullpen. I think the rotation will be better, and I think the lineup will be bolstered by Acuna. The emergence of Albies being a regular starter, and um, I, I think you know our top five in the order is going to be nice, and I think we'll have a much better team, and it'll be much more fun to watch this team because it's a bunch of young guys going out there trying to win, along with a proven veteran and one of the best players in baseball, and Freddie Freeman. So I like us being in the, the 75, 77 range. 80 of things break really well for us. So or if we make a big. Or if it makes some deal. huge acquisition that I'm not foreseeing. Yep. And also the pitching. And also seeing the pitching staff come together is going to be great. If we get Gohara and, and Soroka up here and they start flashing things, that's going to get people fucking that's gonna pumped. That's going to be awesome if Soroka comes up. People yeah. are going to get fucking pumped for next season. Yep, big time. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think we're going to get a wild card or anything like that or you know, we we were a little overzealous last season. We we're like, oh yeah, well, uh, you know, we'll be pushing for that second wild card. Well, that, that's we didn't realize Bartolo was going to be a complete piece of shit. Oh yeah, no. We, he set our whole season back, man. He really did. Like all of his losses were just like ex, like deflating. Yeah, and I remember too. I went to his, I think his first start against the Padres. I was like to the first game I went to at SunTrust, and I was like, holy shit! He just went like eight innings and only gave it one run. Yeah. My God. Yeah. And then just just all downhill from there. He, he made he's in the Rangers rotation though. It's some, incredible. Some way somehow, him and Mike Miner. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's funny. Um, but yeah, I think that's our Braves season preview and much uh, more efficient, not as thorough, but probably more listenable oh, than yeah. last year's. Yeah. 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 We learned our lesson. Yeah, last year was brutal. Yeah. I think we recorded for at least three and a half hours, just the preview. People like concise. Yes. Brevity is the soul of wit, as William Shakespeare once said. Oh, wow. Yes. Dropping Shakespeare on us mm-hmm. now. 
Um, go on and get you some. Yes. Let's move Nicholas on. Nicholas Smoke's father. Good man. <laughs> uh, let's move on to the Falcons. So, Falcons made a move while you were gone, Adam. Two moves, actually. Uh, one was a blocking tight end, Logan Paulson. <laughs> uh, I remember. That just sounds boring. Yeah, he, he's, he's a white guy. Oh, yeah. yeah, no shit, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> Paulson. Um, he's, and uh, I guess how many catches he had last season? I think I know the answer. Zero. Yes, correct. So, not going to make a lot of contributions probably in the passing game, but I think this does. He's supposedly a decent enough blocker, and once again, comes from San Francisco, so he knows the Shanahan-style zone blocking scheme for running. Um, I think this will make us maybe a little better in terms of at least being able to run block from tight end. You know, be a little more efficient there than we were last season. I have a question. But, but it's not something that's going to move the meter. Why don't we just get, put another offensive lineman out there if we have a guy like that who's not going to catch the ball? Who would you put out there? Any offensive put Ben Garland out there. Yeah. No, it's not a bad idea. Right, sir. I guess you also just want to... I guess you probably just... The also, threat. want a guy who maybe can still catch the ball. Like, they will probably throw the, like Toilolo did get, you know, he'd get a couple catches every four or five weeks or something. Yeah. Just so and he did have that nice catch against Seattle last season for that like forty-five yard touchdown. So you got to have at least one more tight end who can catch the ball. Toilolo got signed today as well. Oh, who did he get signed by? Uh, Detroit. Uh, like two million dollars, I think. Wow. Um, so yeah, Logan Paulson blocking primarily a blocking tight end, and then uh, a move that I liked a lot was for Justin Bethel from the Arizona Cardinals. He is a cornerback, but primarily a special teamer. He's a gunner, and for those of you who don't know what that means, basically he is responsible for on punts going down and tackling the uh, punt returner, and he has been named to three Pro Bowls because of that, and he led the Cardinals and special teams tackles each of the last three seasons. So this could really elevate our special teams, I think, because that is one area that a lot of people don't talk about, but we really struggled in special teams, both returning the football and giving up too many yards. And everybody says Keith Armstrong is this amazing uh, you know, special teams coordinator, but I was not impressed with how we you know, conducted ourselves last season. And I don't know if that was you know, a mixture of him and the personnel or who was more to blame, but getting a guy like this who has proven track record and can still do it at this level is nice is, and then and cost us a lot of money. Is Bethel, is he like going to play defense as well? He is, uh, will probably be the fifth cornerback. So if someone goes down, he can probably jump in, but he's not known for being like, you know, you don't, you only want to use him if you absolutely have to. And he's he, not a kick returner either, right? I don't think he's ever been a kick returner, but it, people say his speed is elite. So I wouldn't mind, you know, if they wanted to say, give but, it a try. Cause I don't think we have anybody. I don't think we yeah, have so Andre Roberts. Yeah. yeah. And I know, a lot of people are thinking if we draft a receiver potentially in the first round, you know, early rounds of the draft, that maybe we put a rookie back there if we get a speedy guy. But I don't know if how I feel about that. You know, giving a rookie that kind of responsibility yeah. on top of having to master a playbook, get to know guys, and now, oh, here's another job for you too while you're trying to learn all your fucking routes. You would have routes. Had to be damn good in college, yeah, to give him that responsibility. Right. right. So, um, but I like the Bethel move especially, okay, because it really. It really bolsters an area of need for us. And a lot of people are getting pissed that, you know, we're not going out making the splashy moves. But you know why we're not doing that is because our, we're hitting on our draft picks ever since Dan Quinn arrived here. You know, we're getting to the point where we're going to have to start paying Grady Jarrett and Deion Jones. And we're not the Cleveland Browns who have $190 million of cash space because we fucking missed on all our draft picks for the last 15 seasons. Yeah. So it's a good sign that we're not having to go out there and feel like we will have to overpay guys. We're just tweaking. Yeah. At the same time, you do get concerned with all these other moves that other teams are making. However, um, you know, I'm not overly concerned, but there is also, you know, the Matt Ryan deal is still ongoing. Thomas Dimitrov and Dan Quinn were at, uh, I think, Georgia Pro Day, and they were answering, answering some questions, and Thomas was just kind of like, yeah, we don't really have an answer right now. We're still trying to work on it. And that's that. And some people are upset that Matt hasn't committed to a deal yet so that we can maybe 
and Thomas also said this too, like this deal that we're going to do with Matt will actually be able to, we'll be able to free up some space because we'll know what our finances are going to be like for the next five seasons because yeah. that's going to be a huge contract. Now we don't know, so it's kind of harder to make moves, and we also don't have a lot of cap space this year, so it's, it's, it's a double entendre of shit. The hell's Matt waiting for? Um, I think it's a game of chicken between him and Aaron Rodgers is who's going to sign first because you got to think the Kirk Cousins thing happened. He gets $85 million over three years, hasn't done shit. Compared to Matt Ryan, who's won a conference championship and MVP, multiple playoff games, um, eighty-five million over three years. Yeah, so obviously Matt deserves more money than Kirk, Kirk Cousins, and that's just guaranteed. But every single penny of Kirk Cousins' contract is guaranteed, which is very rare in the NFL. You usually don't see that. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Where did he go again? Minnesota. Minnesota. So uh, they're gonna be scary. They're gonna be scary, but so some you know, and we talked about this too. I mean, do you think? Matt's being selfish, or do you think, you know, go on and get you some for him? Well, you know my stance. I'm yeah. the Chipper Jones guy. Right, team team first. Help your team out. Right. Try to win a championship. And, you know, I know we had this conversation in another show, and I was kind of like, well, yeah, you should get all the money, and blah, blah, blah. Get what you're worth. But I, I agree, and I think I agree with you, and I think that Matt – is a sound, sharp guy who's probably been very responsible with his finances. I don't think he's starving for cash. I'm sure. His kids are set for life. And they're not even his born kids, yet. His kids are set for life. And their kids are set for life. Like, he could, like, you know how much money he's made over his career already? He's made over $100 million. He's probably... Over $150 million probably already? Probably. Something yeah. like that. Um, so... Hey, you're good. Yeah. Like, take $80 million for five years or something. You're still getting... What's that? I think he should be. Still getting a shit ton every season. You're still getting a little under $20 million every year. Now, that is kind of a slap in the face to someone who's accomplished a lot and what the market value is being set at. But we must win. Yeah. We must fucking win. And if we're going to win. It's a pride issue. Is yeah. What it is. Like, yeah. It's like, oh, I want to be the highest paid quarterback. Well, I don't think it's just that. I also think that the market has dictated it because of the Kirk Cousins deal. Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo are getting all this fucking money and they haven't done anything. Matt Ryan's proven I mean, winner. That's like what happened in the NBA where like you get these absurd people making all this money that haven't done shit. And it's yeah. kind of just like the circumstance of the year where there's... Right, it's sort of like money. when Mike Conley became the highest uh, paid player in the NBA a few years ago. I mean, good Grizzlies. He's a good player, but he ain't yeah. LeBron or KD. People aren't making that money anymore. Yeah. So, I wish Matt... And I think a lot of this has to do with his agent, Tom Condon, who also represents... Uh, and he wants to get him some. Yeah, he also represents Matt Stafford. He also got Matt Stafford, the largest contract in NFL history at the time. And Matt sure. Stafford hasn't done shit either. He hasn't won a playoff game. So yeah. you've got to think he's using all of this as leverage against Thomas and that they're probably at an impasse right now. And this is probably going to stretch out to the summer. Who knows? Um, I sure don't, Graham. No, no one knows. And it is frustrating. I want Matt to get paid, you know what he deserves, but I also don't think, you know, and for the interest of the team, for us winning, you can still make a shit ton of money and then also help your team win. Just get, just accept being paid like a top eight. What's wrong eight. with a five-year, $100 million deal? Oh, that's a classic. It's nice and round. Yeah. Just, like, keep re-upping on that. Yeah, as opposed to $180 million. I mean, that's just nuts. What difference does that make in your life? Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, that I 80, mean... That $80 million is meaningless. I mean, it's a lot, but... But it's not going to... His life's not going to be different? It's not going to radically change your life to the point where it's like... Yeah, no, I agree with it'll, you. It'll feel like a baller. Yeah. But he already feels like he a baller. He already is a baller. Yeah. How much baller can you get? Exactly. Yeah. That's um, enough, people. Yeah, so I, I really hope... It's not going to happen, but I would like for him. I am coming around to the team friendly deal now. Now that I real, I didn't think it was going to go to 180, which is what you know D led predicted in his in his piece uh, a couple weeks ago. I mean, that's fucking nuts, man. That's just too much. It is what it is, though. Yeah, it'll happen. Yeah, it's just a matter of when. There was an article. This is some extreme clickbait, I think, but it was interesting nonetheless. Uh, this this website called The Ringer reported. Uh, potential landing spots for Odell Beckham Jr. And the Falcons were one of the teams he linked. Along with, like, 12 other ones. Yeah, there are, like, seven or eight other teams. It's just kind of like... You can't... If we had Odell Beckham, you know how much money we'd have tied up in Matt Ryan, him, and Julio? Well, here's the question. If you make that move, you're probably going to have to go with your first-round pick this year, uh, second-round pick this year. They want two firsts. I heard they want two firsts. Yeah. Um... 
I think the article also had us giving up Ben Garland too. But <laughs> okay, yeah. But uh, but if you did that, like let's just play fantasy football here for a second. If you did that, and you said, "Hey, Matt, we're going to trade for Odell Beckham Jr." How about you take a fucking pay cut and let's win a Super Bowl? Would that make a difference? I don't like having two superstar receivers like that on the same team. I also don't like Odell because he's a fucking cancer. I'd much rather save, like if we're going to give away a first-round draft pick, why don't we just draft Ridley from Alabama with our first oh, round the, pick this the year? the receiver? Yeah. Yeah. And that's another thing, too. It's just like, why not just go younger and get a guy who you don't have to pay a shit ton who could still have a lot of potential. I mean, obviously Odell is one of the top three receivers in the league, but he's to me he's too much of a head case. He proposes the goddamn field goal nets, and he just is not – He's not a team-oriented guy. He would just—I feel like he would disrupt the flow of the brotherhood. Having that ego of Odell Beckham and Julio on the same team is not good. He's the opposite of Julio. He's the opposite of Julio. Sense. But also in the sense, he's also the opposite of Julio because he scores touchdowns. That is true. That is true. That's another thing that Dan Quinn talked about. Is uh, but yeah, we both think that's bullshit. It's not going to happen, yeah, though, right? No. Yeah, yeah, I, I no, agree. No way, Jose. I, I think it's a total clickbait article. But I think um, that was one thing that that Dan Quinn talked about is that Julio is healthy. Julio's going to be practicing in the offseason a lot with Matt, which is a good sign. Whereas last year, Julio had that foot surgery and wasn't able to participate until, like, closer to training camp. Um, so hopefully they're able to get the timing down and we can be a little more efficient uh, in the red zone and just in general. Because God knows that red zone offense has got has, must improve, must improve. So that was encouraging to hear. Far out. Far out, yeah. Nothing yeah. really to add there. Yep. Um, I'm in baseball mode, Junior. I feel you. Now that now that we've just seen that sweet, sweet victory, yep. it, get, it gets you pumped. Um, I don't think I really have much else on the Falcons. Anything else you want to touch on there? On the Falcons? No. No. Draft, draft is in three or four weeks. We'll pretend like we know something in two weeks, and then all our predictions will be wrong like everyone else. Per, per usual. Thing. Yes. Uh, Hawks news. You got any Hawks news? Yeah, they, a huge loss last night. They lost to the Timberwolves, which was clutch because the Timberwolves are responsible for what would be another first-round pick for us that we get as long as Minnesota makes the playoffs. That is right. And now Minnesota's like an eight seed. They're really right. screwing everything up. Yeah, they were having such a good season. Now they kind of fall apart a little yeah, bit. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, it was much closer than it should have been. I think we lost like 118, 125. I was listening to the, the game. The loss we did with no yeah. Schroeder. Yeah, I was listening to the game on the radio, and uh, Steve Holman was getting all excited, and I was like, and there, yeah, there goes Muskie. And Muskie jacks up at three, and bang, it's in. Hawks are only down by six. And I was like, oh, God damn it. Yeah, he had, <laughs> he had like 24 points on like 10 shots. Scala did it. Yeah, he had a good Apparently game. Apparently his threes falling again. Uh, this Isaiah Taylor kid looks really good as mm-hmm. well, uh, point guard. He's put up, put up 26 and then uh, like 22 last night with Schroeder being out. So. Yeah, no, he's been a really pleasant surprise recently. Um, but yeah, another loss is good. I think we're still in the bottom three in the league. Yeah, I think I think now we're number two after that, which is oh, huge. Good. So we just keep losing. Just keep losing. And uh, season wraps up April 10th against the 76ers. Oh, that's soon? So nice. it's, it's... Just lose out, baby. Lose out. Lose every fucking game. Yep. Um and then we'll see how the draft shakes up. And then we can start again next year. Yeah. And I really, you know, I watched a lot more basketball over the last uh, month and a half, going back to like mid-February. And I really love Marvin Bagley. I think he's, he's legit. His post moves are impeccable. He's still got a big enough frame where he can put on some more weight and some more muscle and truly be a, an intimidating post presence. And I think I think Aiden, DeAndre Aiden of Arizona is going to go number one. But after that, if we're number two or three and Bagley's there, even though I know we already have John Collins, that'd be a very formidable front court with Collins and Marvin Bagley, who I think is better than Collins. And, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen post moves like that in the college game in a long time, and I was thoroughly impressed uh, the last month and a half I've watched him play. I watched a good amount of Duke basketball, unfortunately. You think he'll work out better than... The last power forward the Hawks drafted from Duke? Sheldon Williams, yes. I think Bagley is a legitimate NBA player. Um, has star potential. And he's got range. He can shoot three-pointer, at oh, least yeah. at the college level. So I'm sure he would expand that to the, you know, in the NBA. 
and uh, I really kind of pulling for us to, to go with him. If we, if we get him, it could be game time. Yeah, I'm not as could ex- be a quick rebuild. Yeah, I'm not as excited about Trey Young. You know, you know, he had an amazing you know season statistically. Every time I watched him, I was just I don't know. He's not a guy. I don't think we take him in the. I don't think he goes in the top five. But yeah. if we somehow fall out outside of five, you could do worse than drafting him. Yeah, I mean, he, he still averaged 27 points a game this year, and the beginning of the season of college season, like November, December, and January, he was tearing it up. But yeah. like, I watched a couple of games of Oklahoma, and I was just like, I don't. He's all right. And they're and they're he he, did, he was just really cold from the floor. He like started off games really cold. He'd get hot in the second half, but like it was just like one of ten. Did you watched the tournament 10, game though. Uh, yeah, he was taken over at the end. Yeah, no, he 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 came to play that game. He came to play that game. He made a couple of passes where I was like, you know, they were head turners. Yeah. So I mean, he's definitely got a lot of talent. I just was just really thoroughly impressed with Marvin Bagley the third out of Duke. He had like I think thirty double doubles this year or something like that. I mean, Damn. it was just like every game was like. He was a double double machine. Yeah. The guy was an absolute monster. So I I I would love to pick him up, even though I hate Duke. Uh, well, cool. Yeah, that's all I got. I think it's time for everyone's favorite segment, Veronica Sports Punch. All right, so we welcome Veronica back. It's been a while since we've had you on the show. You've been out of town and gallivanting around, going going all across the country. All very, across. Very unfair. But Where did it back? Yeah, to Georgia. <laughs> There's another trip too you took that you couldn't that you weren't here for. Uh, back to Florida again. Yeah, yeah, I've been to Florida three times. Florida, this year Florida gal. Um, but now you're back for a new uh, edition of your sports fun. So what do you got for us? I am. So I was reading an article today about Julio Tehran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's his name. That's his name. Yeah. I have confirmed that 30 seconds ago. So I was reading an article, and he actually bought new gloves for opening day. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Now, you say gloves. You're talking about batting gloves? Like or, a, uh, or a glove like you wear? Like a mitt Like a glove. mitt. Okay. Yes. Oh, he, has, he has multiple mitts. Wow. Yes, multiple. Multiple wow. for opening day. In, in case you tear that webbing. Sure. Right. So, got, got new gloves, um, but they were both lefties. And on the one hand, it was pretty great, but on the other hand, it's just not right. Uh... <laughs> it was really hard to find. <laughs> <something>. <laughs> <laughs> you, you do realize if he was wearing two gloves, then he couldn't. I know. It's supposed, I think it's actually supposed to be like a winter gloves pun, but I tried to make it fit baseball. Like, maybe if he'd chosen a, a batter, it could have worked, because batting gloves. Yeah. Well, thank you for another edition so of Friday's Horse Puns. And then uh, the setup for another. That did not happen. The glove wasn't right. Because he's a lefty. There we go. So, I don't actually know if he's a lefty. He's actually a righty. <laughs> he's a righty, but... But he would but wear his glove. the glove would have been on the left hand. Yeah, there that is go. correct. Yes. Well, <laughs> I guess that's it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think the uh, last thing we'll, we'll close out with is to remind you users that not this weekend, but next weekend, April 7th, at the Blue Lot is Atlanta Zone's first annual tailgate at the Blue Lot for the Georgia State Spring Game starting at 11. We will provide food, bring your own booze. Uh, by 11, that's 11 a.m., Saturday, oh, April 7th. This will drive you nuts. I uh, rode my bike past Turner Field mm-hmm. yesterday. Yes. They're ruining it already. Ruining what? Turner Field. How so? So they had like some liberal like kickball game going on. Yeah. And guess where the parking people were parking? On the damn plaza. Like where, all, where all the bricks are, where the big baseballs no, used to be. That's horrible. You can't you can't park there. They, they were that, that was like the parking lot. That's goddamn sacred ground. Yes, that's Sucked. horrible. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to have a talk. Yeah, we're we're, we're gonna make a scene, and we want you to make a scene with us. So please join us on April seventh. We'd love to meet you. And um, that's gonna wrap up the show. Uh, we have no messages from the users like we had in the last episode. <laughs> 
what happens when you take a bye week. Yeah, people lose interest. I think we lost one follower on Twitter, too. Mm. But, um, yes, we are on Twitter at ATL's Own Sports Podcast. And we are on Facebook at Atlanta's Own Sports. Follow us, like us, tell your friends if you enjoy listening to Two Drunks Ramble about Atlanta sports, so this is the show for them. So remember, rise up, chop on, stay in brotherhood, unite and conquer, and remain true to Atlanta. Tosh Potomac, though. Tosh Potomac, though.